what will your future look like? The job you do today could be different than the jobs of tomorrow. Some see this as a challenge. At UCF, we see opportunity. A chance for you to grow your knowledge and strengthen your skills from anywhere life might take you. With in-demand degree programs and resources for your success, UCF Online can help you prepare for the future and all the possibilities that come with it. From the University of Central Florida's Center for Distributed Learning, I am Tom Cavanaugh. And I'm Kelvin Thompson. And you are listening to TopCast, the teaching online podcast. Woo, TopCast, love it! Woo! <laughs> woo! We got a lot of wooing going on, including one mystery woo that we heard in the background. That's nice. <laughs> it's a lot of energy there, uh, Dr. Thompson. Well, you know, we, we try to add value. I may just jump straight to, given all that energy, um, what's in your thermos? <laughs> Vodka. No, that's not true. <laughs> no, this is a, it's coffee. It is, it is unadulterated, pure coffee from uh, uh, the, the, the wild lands of uh, East Lansing, Michigan. This is uh, Big B Best from Big B or Big B Coffee based in East Lansing, Michigan. It was suggested to us and actually sent to us by our colleague, Dr. Shuba Kashyap, who has roots, I believe, in East Lansing. So how is this coffee that you also are drinking? Because it's in your cup too. And how's the connection? Yeah, uh, okay. So for those who may be watching on our bonus video, you can see I'm using our our branded TopCast mug. Lovely. I love Lovely, it. yes, available for purchase. We make no proceeds <laughs> from, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so the coffee is very good. I like it. Um, and the connection is one of your better connections, yes! Kelvin. I have to say, yeah, you know how I like uh, sort of uh, direct, yeah, non-subtle, straightforward no. sort of like... In the bullseye. Very simple, uh-huh. very literal kind of guy. Uh-huh. And, um, and You found the connection. Right. This one's right in my wheelhouse, yeah. So uh, this coffee was sent to us by by Shuba, and um, <laughs> she's sitting here with us right now. She is wow. today's guest. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Welcome, What Shuba. a connection. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. She was our mystery woo at the top of the <laughs> mystery, show for those that mystery were Mystery woo. Yeah. That could be a whole new segment. Who's the mystery woo? <laughs> You, dear listener, could be the mystery woo in an upcoming episode of TopCast. Send us two pounds of coffee addressed to... (laughs) No, that's not true. So I guess we should say we are joined live today by special guest, Dr. Shuba Kashyap. And if we were living in different times, which we're not, but if we were, we'd be recording this episode live in front of an audience made up of the 2020 cohort of the Online Learning Consortium's Institute for Emerging Leadership and Online Learning, or IELOL. However, we are living in COVID times still, so we are preparing this episode for asynchronous access by IELOL participants, followed by a live Q&A discussion with the cohort. And if all has gone according to plan, retrospectively, both this episode and a recording of that live Q&A will be released to TopCast listeners in mid-September 2020. So here's hoping that's what has actually happened. Tom, you want to introduce more formally Shuba? I would be very privileged to do so. So Dr. Shuba Kashyap, 
currently serves as the Director of Online Learning Design and Innovation for the College of Engineering at the University of Michigan. Formerly, she held a number of different roles at Penn State University, where IELOL used to be housed, mm -hmm. and other institutions related to academic affairs, student affairs, and online instruction. Notably, Dr. Kashyap is also a member of the faculty for the 2020 cohort of IELOL. Welcome, Shuba. Thank you so much for being Ooh, on Shuba! Topcast. Yay! Thank you so much, Tom and Kelvin, for the opportunity to join you today. And uh, I'm glad to jump in with a mystery. Woo! Anytime you need one. So what are you drinking? Are you drinking Big B coffee as well? I am drinking Big B coffee in um, a Michigan engineering mug. So, um, Big yeah, blue. I'm a Big blue. I'm a Spartan holding a Michigan mug I, working I for the University was, of Michigan. So. I thought it was weird. Yeah, I, 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 those East Lansing roots. Uh, and yet Ann Arbor. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how wow. you do that. I, I, it's part of being a leader, I guess. Ooh. <laughs> Mental compartmentalization. Yeah. Nicely yeah. done. Nicely, nicely, <laughs> nicely done. Well, maybe that's a good transition. So, Shuba, as we discussed recently, you've had an interesting career journey, as Tom alluded to, uh, with maybe access to education as a bit of a consistent theme. And one point we discussed was that as a leader, you've learned some things about facing new challenges, like working at your arch rival <laughs> as a Spartan, maybe. So, for instance, you're now working within a college of engineering as an online education professional, and, you know, STEM and online education don't always uh, mix smoothly. Uh, mm -hmm. And so we thought we might start by asking you to quickly review your career path and some of those leader lessons you've learned along the way about facing new challenges. Sure. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. And it's a, a, a great um, privilege to represent the University of Michigan, but also the IELOL community. This is a great institute, and I'm so glad to um, work with a new set of peers every year that join the IELOL family. Mm -hmm. um, so a little bit about myself, uh, as you mentioned through my journey, is I have... Uh, been worked at various institutions. I come from a family who strongly valued education. And I think it's because they saw how education changed the trajectory of lives for people in their own lives and in their own families and in their professional careers. And um, I think at some point, everyone has a moment where they really struggle or they need some support or they uh, need some help. And um, I faced some of those times myself in my own education journey. And as I, you know, folks stepped in to help me and sort of get me on a path towards success, I started asking them, so what did you major in? Or what did you mm -hmm. get to, how did you get to where you are? Mm -hmm. And several people said, oh, I majored in student affairs administration. I majored in higher ed. I'm a higher ed professional. And these, these people kept showing up in my life that mm -hmm. I thought, wow, I would love to do what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And so that sort of set me on this path towards higher education. And it's really when I started finding my professional focus focus. And I said, well, if I want to be able to do this for other folks as well. And so um, I took, I, I've served in various positions in, as you mentioned, in student affairs and academic affairs. But the key for me was how am I contributing to helping those that otherwise wouldn't have access? What is my contribution in this space? Um, so this has led me down some interesting journeys. I've worked in, um, 
student athletics where I supported tutoring efforts for a football team having never been to a football game. Wow. Interesting, interesting, um, interesting uh, way to learn about your students and learn about the people you're working with. Um, I moved to, when I went to Pennsylvania, worked for Penn State, I actually worked with a program that worked with highly motivated students that didn't have necessarily the same access and privilege that students across the across the county would have had. And so my role wasn't to just provide them with resources, but to get a better understand their direct needs. Mm -hmm. And this required me to really embed myself in their role, their challenges, and then not find prescriptive ways to help, but actually understand their journey and then understand how they could best be supported. Nothing is a one-size-fits-all approach. So when I switched to online education, um, this was a big shift for me because I was moving from a student support to administrative role, and this was brand new. And I have to say, it it pulled back the curtain a little bit Hmm. on how higher ed works, and it almost set me back for a year. I said, whoa, what is going on? I thought this was about (laughs) student access. And what I realized was I had to look at how the university works hmm. and um, how this, how the administrative functions align to best support students. Hmm. So I embedded myself within the system, understand the, under, uh, began to understand the challenges that adult learners face mm-hmm. and s- distributed students and how we as administration, staff and faculty can best support them. So each time... I took a career shift, it was to serve a different audience or to understand their needs and challenges. And I think that what this did for me was there, it, it sort of helped me realize that whether I'm in a leader in one type of space or another, the key was for me to understand the challenges and their needs and then to sort of make sure that I um, was comfortable with the idea that I had to learn a little bit about this group, but also... Um, leverage the strengths and opportunities of the group that I was working with and understand how best to support them. Mm-hmm. Shifting to University of Michigan, I'm embedded in a STEM area now. Mm-hmm. And 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 um, I'm not one to make generalizations. So I think this was key for me was help me understand what I need to know to work and be successful and support students and faculty in this space. Mm-hmm. And it's been a great journey uh, to be at the University of Michigan now for about a year. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that, that career recap. Uh, and I think that it, it would be um, both inspiring, but, but also potentially familiar to a lot of people who are uh, currently participating in the IELOL uh, mm-hmm. program. You know, one of the things that, that we had discussed a little bit um, you know, prior to, to clicking record was um, what a leader has to do to come up to speed in areas that they might be responsible for leading that they don't have any experience in. You sort of alluded a little bit to the football team, but mm-hmm. um, you, you're not an engineer, right? Mm-hmm. But you are currently supporting a college of engineering in the delivery of that particular content. Um, and I wonder if there's any strategies, insights that you might be able to offer to uh, 
I, not just the IELOL participants, but all of our listeners uh, who might be put into a leadership role where they have um, jurisdiction responsibility for things that are, that are not necessarily familiar to them. It's something that I've dealt with several times in my career, and, and it sounds like um, it's something that you have as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you. For, that's a very good question. I When I think about journeys like this where I'm walking into a new space, whether it's physically a new space or culturally a new social context, I sometimes think of it as walking into a foreign country. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we have new language, we have new customs, we have new um, attributes to learn, we have a hierarchy that often exists that we may not be aware of. And walking into a country and using your own norms or your own uh, context from your where you grow up into a new country doesn't always translate. Mm-hmm. So the quickest way to sort of learn and 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 so uh, so embed yourself in a new community is to learn those norms, to learn the context, learn the language meet people, develop your network, figure out how to go to the grocery store. I think all of this- I was going to trans- mention food. Yeah. <laughs> Best way to learn a country is eat their food, right? Where <laughs> is the good coffee is always a great intro question for that folks. That is a very, very good, <laughs> important question to ask. It is. And so this is one of the things that I have uh, done each time I make a shift, even with, even within its own the same institution, you know, moving from educational equity to the world campus was a cultural shift for me. And so I think that for anyone that is looking to grow in their career or it looking to shift in their in the context of their work, um, treat it like you're walking into a new country. Move, you're moving to a new place. Be kind. Give yourself a little bit of grace. And, and 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 be open to what you're going to learn but also don't forget where you've come from you know there are they are all people as well there are norms and contexts and you also have contributions you bring to this community mm-hmm. so weigh that with what you're learning along the way i i did this i've done this now a couple of different ways and the key is i've watched other people do this that's how mm-hmm. i learned it I myself only watched it because I watched new people incorporate themselves and find ways to contribute to an organization when they moved in. And um, I really enjoyed how they articulated that. They said, I'm here. I'm here to contribute. What can I do to help you hit the ground running quickly? Um, And watching other folks do that has helped me sort of understand that that's something that I would like to do when I move to a new group or work with a new community. Yeah, that's excellent. Like one of the themes I'm hearing, I think within that, right, is um, that I heard even in your recap is, is be a learner. Like, you know, have your eyes and ears open, be a learner, learn the space and, and don't make assumptions, right? And um, would you agree with, with those as kind of practical break it down yeah. kind of things? Yeah, I would agree. I think that um, th- that there are times where I, I learn from situations about what I would like to do. There are also times... I am learning from a situation about what I would do differently mm-hmm. and there's still learning taking place. So oh, an openness to learning is a uh, key. It's also very tiring. I have to say, you know, uh, that <laughs> openness to learning. And I think that's part of huh. being a leader is managing your energy right. and making sure you prioritize what's important to you or what's important for your role right. as you learn. Yeah, that's excellent. And can I ask you this too, um, as you were speaking a minute ago, I was reminded of um, my 
major qualitative research professor in my doctoral program, and she used to have this uh, mantra that she would always instill, and she said, with qualitative research, and I, I think there's so many areas this applies, it seems like this one, we, you want to make the strange familiar and make the familiar strange. And I, I think that's a, I've always loved that, that kind of that idiom in it. And as we talk about don't make assumptions and take on a learner and be kind of cross-cultural, you know, kind of come in like a different culture, a different country. Mm-hmm. I mean, does that resonate with you? Uh, with me or with Tom? Yeah, no, with you. <laughs> okay. You're still yeah, I care think... what I think, trust me. <laughs> okay. No, that's not true. Okay. Always care about you, Tom. Um, so I, I do, I do agree with that. That does resonate with me. One of the one of the more important steps that I took um, or sort of fell in my lap, or it's hard to say, sometimes a little bit of both, is um, an opportunity to receive some coaching, Hmm. uh, professional coaching. I met with a coach, um, and this was something that is a career interest of mine. It's something I do um, as part of my role um, within and beyond my organization. And that was a very life-changing learning opportunity. The and that was, was par- coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, it was behavior-based coaching. Ruby Ho, if you haven't met him, he um, really helped shine a spotlight, uh, helped me shine a spotlight on myself on some of the behaviors mm-hmm. that I uh, what I that I felt were contributing to my success and those that were holding me back from success. Mm. And that was also a very important learning opportunity. Mm. I would recommend that for anyone mm. who, well, let's not qualify anyone. It's a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not quite coaching, um, but uh, I often hear when people describe their own sort of j- career journey, the mention of mentoring mm-hmm. and the importance of mentoring, and uh, I'll admit, I, I haven't really had the benefit of a, of a formal mentor in my own mm-hmm. uh, personal career. There are people that I've observed and admired and tried to emulate, so maybe they didn't realize they were being a mentor in some ways, but uh, I've never had somebody sort of like formally play that role for me. I've done it for others a couple of times um, and, mm-hmm. and have found it rewarding from that side of the, of the fence, but... I wonder if, if that's something that you've experienced uh, on either side, either as a mentor or as a, as a mentee, and if, and if you found that valuable uh, along your journey. Yes, I have had several key mentors through my roles and just professionally and personally. And um, one, just because I know we're talking about online education, Larry Reagan has been mm-hmm. a great mentor for me. Friend of the show, uh, Larry. Rainey. Friend of the show, yes, and friend of IELOL. Yeah, very um, much. What I, what I, uh, what I really gained from that specific mentoring relationship, and many across the board, is there's an element of timeliness that occurs. Mm-hmm. Is you may have someone you need to speak with who can provide you with timely support, or feedback, or guidance, and um, that. That is something that, um, that's gold. 
timeliness when it comes to support and feedback. The other piece was accountability. There were times where um, I needed a mentor to sort of hold me accountable to some of my choices Mm -hmm. and decisions Mm -hmm. and say, is this really the best thing for you right now? What are Mm -hmm. you doing for yourself to progress? What are, or whatever those questions are that you're working on, you, you know, you, your mentor knows what, or should know, hopefully, if you uh, have a two-way um, interaction, is what you are working on for yourself. And they can also be that great person to very gently hold you accountable. And mm-hmm. the way they may do that is, well, I know I've heard you talk about this in the past. Is this aligned with your goals or your expectations? That's a very gentle accountability move right there. And um, as a mentor, you've already accepted that this is someone that you respect and that you are listening to. And those mentors are, um, again, how you select your mentors. There's there's no one way and you should never have just one. But the idea mm-hmm. is that maintaining some connection to someone who you can chat about larger topics with uh, confidential topics with, um, who can offer you a wider perspective beyond what you yourself are seeing. Mm-hmm. You may have blinders on and your mentor may be exactly that person you need to open things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's been a really valuable experience for me. Just a comment on this, that made me think of a resource that maybe we'll put in the show notes. I, I Forgive me, I don't remember what organization it, it anchored down to. I want to say it was... Um, uh, one of the faculty um, organizations, and it was, and it's really framed as a faculty tool. But I think, by extension, anybody can use it. It's a, it's a mentoring map, right? And I think that dimension that, uh, that, that nuance that you mentioned, Shuba, of not just having one mentor or having multiple mentors, different kind of dimensions. Um, this, this map lays out all kinds of different dimensions in professional and personal life. It's almost like a family tree kind of a thing. And then you, as the, as the person who's taken responsibility for themselves, is, is literally like, huh, who do I have in my network who is, is fulfilling this role? Again, whether they are knowledgeably, intentionally uh, in that role, they know that formally or not. It's like, who, who do I look to in this area? And I think, you know, there are passive mentors and active mentors. You've been fortunate to have real active, deliberate mentors. Tom's talked about having what we might call in the literature passive mentors who, you know, you get stuff from. You know, you're, you're, you're ringing them out of, <laughs> of mm-hmm. valuable insights. <laughs> but we'll put that in the show notes. Does that, does that kind of concept, does that kind of align with what you're saying of like, you don't just have one person that you're emulating, you're, you get different voices in different areas of your professional and personal life. Does that make sense? Yes, that that resonates with me. The piece I also like to remind folks is what type of mentor are you going to be? Mm, You know, there are going to be times where people are going to come to you just as you've gone to others. And what's your contribution going to be? How are you going to be there to help them through their journey? And, um, you know, for me, and this will Maybe it's the first time I've articulated it, but I don't think it would come as a surprise to most is when I'm chatting with folks, I'm trying to help them identify their own strengths and leverage their strengths. Most people are very hard Mm -hmm. on themselves, Mm -hmm. right? They know what they're working on. They know what they're not doing well. They know what areas they want to approve, but they're often not really great at leveraging what they're good at. 
you know, they sort of say, oh, I must be good at it. So everybody's good at it. Mm -hmm. It's something that comes naturally to everybody. And I say, it's easy for you because you're good at it. Never minimize your own strengths. These are, this is a strength that you have and it doesn't, it's not equally distributed. So make sure you always leverage your strengths. And so oftentimes that's how I see when I'm looking at someone or chatting with someone, I always like to remind them of, yes, you may be, you may have things you're working on, but let's leverage the strengths and positive attributes you have. And let's see how this impacts your journey or how you can leverage that for the next stage of your career. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's something that we need more of oftentimes is for someone to remind us of what we do well. Hmm. You know, some yeah. of what you're describing could <clears throat> fall into this, this category of advocacy hmm. um, and that that has come up in the IELOL discussions. I know it did last year mm-hmm. during the during the podcast that we did. And um, with Liz Chaboki, season five, Liz, go look it up. That's right, <laughs> with Liz Chaboki. Yes, another friend of the show. Um, now you're a friend of the show, Shuba. Um, Thank you. The mystery Thank woo. You. <laughs> the mystery woo. woo. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> Have you had people advocate for you that you've been um, the beneficiary of? Mm. And uh, how have you helped advocate for others who maybe felt marginalized in any sort of way? Uh, we heard this a lot from women last year. It yeah, seemed like right. that they felt um, that the, the culture that they were working in uh, didn't encourage them to speak up and they needed somebody who would actually create the space for them to do that. And, and I know some of that's perception, but perception is reality if, if, it's, if it's causing you to change your behaviors. Um, and, and it sounds to me, without knowing <laughs> a lot more than what, what you've described about your own career journey, that, that you've been able to find that path and, um, and advocate for yourself. But I'm wondering if, if, if you've helped others and others have helped you along the way. Yes, I have absolutely had people who've helped me along the way. And in some ways, one way that I could look at my career is a series, you know, remember when you're a kid and you did those connect the dots mm. um, exercises? What do you mean as a you... kid? <laughs> okay, well, last week, uh, because we're all in quarantine and looking for fun activities right now. Um, so those connect the dots are are sometimes how I kind of look back at my own career. Is mm. I met a critical person at a critical time in my life and they opened a door for me and they said, you know what, um, this is a project I'm working on. I'd love to have you join me. And that was very impactful for me. It was something that helped me get to the next level. Hi, you know what, Shuba, I know you've mentioned an interest in this. Let me introduce you to someone who um, is working on something or would could use a volunteer to help with a project that is on that topic. Those um, dot-to-dot connections or um, those intros, those are a... Um, a privilege also. I recognize mm-hmm. that not all opportunities come like that to everyone. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. when I see an opportunity for my for me to do that for someone else, um, I take it. And people say, well, you're just making things more complicated because now you're bringing in, you're just making this harder on yourself because now you're bringing in more people and now you have to carry them through to the next level mm-hmm. and you have to make sure you're accountable for what they contribute as well. And I say, everyone's mm-hmm. accountable for themselves, but someone else at that critical point in my career helped connect someone from 
me. And it's my responsibility to do that for someone else, especially for um, women in the field. There is, um, I mean, there is generally a lack of that. People are taxed themselves. You know, I know that for the, they, they, there's, there's known research that when you fulfill various sort of social categories or political categories or perception categories in the, in the culture, um, uh, stratification that you are tapped more for opportunities and that can also cause more fatigue. And I think for me, it's, it's less about, um, sort of positioning people and it's more about look I got tapped for opportunities that helped me for, move forward I want to do the same for someone else that's yeah. how we pay it forward and um you know I think Topcast is a great opportunity where you also are sort of helping more people mm. to make sure their message is shared what a great mm. opportunity and now um you know, that that's how this is all about, you know. So one of my favorite pieces is I used to, I loved my gym in State College. It was a great gym. The gym, the working out was fine, you know, whatever. But the key was there were so many people that I met who helped me build connections with others and I could help build, help them build connections. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that was one of the best parts about going to the gym. The, the, again, the, the workout was great, but it was the connections. It was the opportunities mm-hmm. and it was helping other people sort of find their way, which helped me get a lot out of those connections as well. That's awesome. uh, that's that's maybe a, a, a really uh, great way to kind of put a, a button on this yep. on this conversation. I think that's such great advice. Um, there are several things I'm going to take away from this conversation yeah. and apply in my own life. I mean, particularly sure. the one about viewing a new situation as a new country. That's yeah. an that's an amazing lens to to look at that through. And I'm, I'm definitely going to put that in my my quiver. It's <laughs> yeah. an arrow that I'll pull out on occasion. Yeah. So, uh, Kelvin, do you want to? Maybe take a shot at, at the at the bottom line of this episode. Absolutely, and I'll I'll just comment that Shuba. I think we could we could talk to you for like another hour, right? And um, and the good news is we do have this question and answer session with IELOL participants coming up that we will record and will be bonus content in the the show notes. Uh, area of the TopCast website. So any of our listeners who who have found this conversation uh, valuable and instructive, I would encourage you to go check out the, uh, the Q&A with Shuba because I'm planning to ask you some more questions. But yes, I will take a shot at the bottom line. So see how this resonates with the two of you. So our journeys, our personal journeys, shape the leaders that we become. And leaders sharing with each other the lessons learned along the way can enrich us all as online learning professionals. Would you agree with that? I would, but Shuba, Shuba. can disagree if she wants. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Calvin, on this one. All right, that's awesome. good. It's happened so, so rarely. I appreciate somebody <laughs> validating my perspective. Thank you very much. Well, Shuba, uh, thank you so much for being on the episode. Uh, this has been terrific. Uh, Absolutely. Thank you for the Big B coffee. I will hold yes. it up for those watching at home <laughs> studio audience. Um, uh, we really enjoyed it and um, it was very generous of you to provide our beverage for today's episode. Very cool. Every thank guest you. should bring their own coffee. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. So to be continued in the Q&A for IELOL. Um, but uh, for this episode, until next time, for TopCast, I'm Tom. I'm Kelvin. See ya. TopCast insiders, grab your decoders. Today's secret message is Denver, King, Zero, New York, one word, Adams, Queen, Adams, Young, Zero, George, X-Ray, one word, Adams, Peter, Union, Union. Write down the letters from the spelling alphabet and use your decoder to discover the secret message. Not a TopCast insider? Do not despair. You, dear listener, can become a TopCast insider by signing up for free at bit.ly slash TopCast Insider. That's bit.ly slash TopCast Insider. All lowercase, no spaces.